Hey, welcome to the Church on Boulevard Sermons Podcast, an extension of the ministry of Church on Boulevard in Richmond, Virginia. We hope that you'll find your time meaningful and that you'll learn to live life to the fullest as we grow together. Hi, my name is Derek and I'm on the teaching team here at Church on Boulevard. Today's scripture is from Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, and also 15 through 17. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So for the remainder of our summer rhythm, we want to get practical. And so if you're unsure about what a rule of life is, please feel free to connect with us, reach out, send us an email, DM us on Instagram, or just check out some of the previous episodes on this podcast. It'll give you some of the theoretical framework that you would need to join in with us and begin crafting your gospel statement. Today, we really want to think about time and how we manage our time. And we hope that this conversation leads to fruitful Um, conversations in your life with the people around you. So let's get started. According to the Business Insider, America has the most expensive conception of time. For the West, truly, time is money. I'm sure you've heard that phrase before. It emerges from a profit-oriented society where time is precious and even scarce as a commodity. You see, in our society, Time flows fast. It's like Buster Rhymes on Break Your Neck. (laughs) And if you don't catch that reference, I can't recommend the song, but it's uniquely catchy. And generally speaking, we struggle just to sit still with a clear conscience. We really think that we can seize and parcel and package. Just think about YouTube ads, right? These things show you how we value our time. We know that we have a couple seconds as the ticker is counting down before we can click skip. And this is a marketing scheme to try to get our attention within the first three to five seconds to try to convert a sale. And a lot of us start to approach our relationships, our life, and our spiritual development in the same way. So what does this mean? It means to be a good American Christian is to put your time to work. It's to be catchy, flashy, flowing in the service of kingdom building. And this is why the Bible app lives on our phone. It's simple. It's convenient. I noticed a lot of people actually read their Bible less the more access they have to it. It becomes innocuous. It loses its value. And we see this as well with the 24-hour news cycle. When is the last time that the news really moved us? 
That's a spiritual question. The Christian faith is all about news. In fact, the word gospel means good news. So truly, news, whether good or bad, is losing its power in the West. And that's because we're hearing it too much without responding to it, which is why many missionaries would consider America over-churched, over-evangelized. And this is why many of my contemporaries, my peers, are deconstructing the Christian faith and just taking some time off from religion, spirituality, and leaving Christ, leaving God altogether. It's like they're saying, I need a vacation from the tyrannical stress of following Jesus. And that really shouldn't be. And so what does this mean for a gospel statement? If the gospel frees up my time, well, from this convention, from a linear convention, well, then every moment is a commodity. We're moving along this timeline and you have to get what you can out of this moment because time only moves in one direction and that's forward. The value of time then is measured in efficiency for Christ. Consider the Protestant work ethic where the harder you work, the more successful you become and the more money you make. I think a lot of us now know that this is not true. All it takes is to watch a couple Instagram reels where people talk about lazy side hustles that you can do that'll make you X amount of dollars today, tonight, this week, right? This idea is carrying less and less weight that the person who works the hardest actually makes the most money. That hard work can dictate your life outcomes. There's no guarantee. And same in Christianity, there's no guarantee that hard work can purchase your salvation or that hard work and putting time into the things of God will improve your quality of life on earth. Okay, so that's one convention. I'm going to go over three. The first one was linear, and the next one is called multi-active. We're thinking about multitasking, people who can do multiple things at the same time. And this actually fulfills them. They feel more happy and more satisfied by juggling in this way. These types of people are so much less interested in scheduling and in punctuality. They may observe these conventions because they live in the West and because their boss or their spouse insists upon it. But really what's important to them is the present moment, the reality of being with people. They would much prefer to be with you than to be efficient with you. And I think that that, that's a very powerful thing to have. I have many friends who kind of resonate with this modality. And so for the multitasking person who can kind of let their appointments flow into one another throughout the day and might take an appointment and move its location to the bar or take an appointment and rain check it because they ran out of time when a previous meeting kind of flowed over. What does this type of perspective and flexibility with time mean for a gospel statement? Well, let me try it this way. If the gospel frees up my time, then every moment is variable. The value of my time is measured in the impact 
that I can make for Christ. You see, this is the person who pours out into conversation. They're constantly talking to people about Christ. They linger after church, not to help clean up, but to talk. It just kind of naturally flows into the relationships that they have. They're often seen it as extroverts, but of course, you definitely don't need to be an extrovert and have that type of relational personality in order to have a more variable or multi-active view of time. Okay, the third one that I would like to mention is circular. Linear, multi-active, and circular. You see, each day the sun rises, sunset. The seasons follow one after another. People grow old, die, but their children reconstitute the process. And these cycles have been set into motion by God. Therefore, cyclical time is not a scarce commodity. In fact, maybe we have an unlimited supply of time. These folks who conceive of time in a circular fashion rarely make quick decisions because they can see past the present presentation. Instead, they anchor their decisions in the past and they recognize that their choices have widespread consequences upon the future. They think long term. And so what does this mean for a gospel statement? Well, if the gospel frees up my time, then every moment is an opportunity. The same risks and threats will appear again. And so learning, wisdom, improvement for Christ becomes the measure of value on my time. And so there we have it. Commodity, variable, or opportunity. Is the value of time productivity, impact, or improvement? These are the basic conceptions of time. This is not meant to be exhaustive. And to be said, all of us are some type of blend of these different ideas. And different um, attributes will manifest depending on the circumstances, the situation. Are you in a professional or private personal space? And that type of thing. But I think you get the gist. So let's think about this. Which of these conceptions is most biblical? I invite you to think aloud, like really answer that question. Is any of these perspectives of time correct? More aligned with how God designed time? If you have anyone next to you or if you meet with someone or a small group um, during the week, I would encourage you to have this conversation casually Ask, you know, think about for yourself or ask someone, how do you think of time and why is it valuable? Hear their perspective. And what else? Do you think that Jesus had a particular conception of time? Where do you see it in the scriptures? What would that mean for you? I challenge you to think about these types of things today and going into your week, and it will be very enriching to set up a framework for how you might conceive of time. Okay, so let's go back then to our text. We're in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 and 16. It reads, See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, 
but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Okay, so here's a conclusion. We allow those around us to casually waste time as if it were neutral. You see, but ignoring our children isn't neutral. Setting time aside to build a budget with your spouse isn't neutral. Distracted driving isn't neutral. Staying up late, cranking out to get that next certification or to check off something on your to-do list, it isn't neutral. Empty nesting parents who apologize to us when they call because they think they're an interruption That's not neutral. It's impactful. It's identity forming and it's shaping us. You see, where we give our attention matters and how we spend and set boundaries to protect our time, that matters. Time matters because it says something about what we love and what we treasure in our hearts. Drew, the senior pastor of this church, said it to me this way. Our highest vision of life is realized as Jesus fills our deepest need for life. And it's like our greatest ideals about time can actually be realized. We're the best managers of our time as Jesus becomes the center in the orientation or the lens through which we see and conceive of our time. Okay, so here's a challenge for you. What was your schedule like this past week? Think about that. What relationships and responsibilities, what places, people, and activities conquered your schedule? When, where, how did God emerge as a priority for you? And there's no shame if he didn't. We sometimes do not have room for family, friends, God, especially this past week. You know, maybe you had some time this over the past month, but this particular week was difficult for one circumstance or another. Please feel no shame, no condemnation at all. But think about it. You might even want to lay out in some boxes on a spreadsheet or something if you're a geek like me. What was your schedule like? So that you can really see that. Not just what you planned to do, maybe in a calendar, but practically, how did that look? Be honest with yourself. And then I invite you to have a conversation with someone. What would you have done differently? What did you have planned that you just weren't able to get to? How would you have reconstructed that conversation? What surprised you? What relationship would be really important to renew to make your schedule more enjoyable? So much of our time, the joy is dictated by who we do life with and who we go through our time with, who we're building memories with. And so think about that. Take time, see where you felt a sense of order, disorder, acknowledge that, make a note of it. Where were you felt, what what gave you life? What felt full? What felt empty? Where were you bored? Were there certain places 
that you're constantly distracted? Are there certain days, certain times within the day that you feel like you're on green or you're on red? Make note of it. Reflect. Get to know yourself. And if you can, write it down, even if you have to do voice to text, so that you can reference this later. Knowing ourselves is really key to being able to redeem the time, as it says in verse 16. This idea of redeeming the time, it means to buy back. The implication is that time is in bondage and that a price must be paid for your time. And so the Greek word here used for time isn't about a commodity. We're not buying time like we buy chicken wings from the store. And it's not variable as if no one's in control. You're not buying time like you buy a lottery ticket or an opportunity or a chance like you're applying for a job. Instead, you're buying it in in the sense of an opportunity to thrive. You know, Jesus died to provide us with opportunities for wisdom, opportunities to grow in wisdom and love and to enjoy the Father. These are the guarantees of the Christian faith. And so when we say opportunity, maybe a better word would be the guarantees, the blood-bought experiences of actually being a Christian and building your life on the promises of God. You see, we don't earn the promises of God. God gives them to to us. He speaks them over us. They are actually the foundation of our faith, not something that we're reaching out and hoping to grasp by faith. God welcomes our partnership. In fact, he actually teaches us how to pray and desires our worship. And so I challenge you to do what it takes to complete these exercises that I'm offering in this episode. Remember, from here on forward, we want to be practical and it will set you up for the remainder of the series in a really healthy way. You see, it's time for us to go ahead and write your own personalized gospel statement. You can write it digitally, maybe on your phone, tablet, you know, Android, or you can go ahead and write it on physical paper, you know, make sure you put it in a place where you can see it so that you can review it often, rehearse it, make it short, something memorable, a nice slogan or catchphrase about Jesus and time management that can start to permeate your habits, rhythms, and routines. In order to do this, I want you to think about time. Think about the gospel. How has Jesus encountered you and acted upon you in such a way where now you're able to live out in a place of strength for the sake of others? I know for me that the gospel has redeemed some of my weakest spaces so that I can then prioritize others. I have a history of being anxious and trying to control time. For example, if I'm running late to work, I get nervous about that. I'm an educator. I'm a teacher. I live by bells and between bells. And if I'm not there, there's a bunch of middle school students 
unsupervised. And so sometimes as a young parent, there are factors beyond my control in the morning. And yes, I have control issues. That's just a straight confession. So there's factors beyond my control. And sometimes if I'm running out of time, I will double down and white knuckle and try to worry. And worry turns to anger because I cannot change my circumstances. And the impact is that I feel inadequate. I feel like I'm running behind and I might not make it to work. And so what's the alternative? As the gospel speaks, it says, don't worry about your life, what you will eat, what you drink, what you will wear. For God knows that you have these desires, that you have these needs. Look at the birds. Look at the flowers of the field. Can you even add one day by worrying? Of course not, right? And so we have to make that deliberate choice to believe the promises of God to trust his faithfulness and to be anxious for nothing, but in all of our ways begin to acknowledge him. And so then it becomes, even if I am late for work, I will have left my home in a better condition. I will be less self-centered and more likely to just notify the proper person at work to help take care of things. So that if I arrive or when I arrive, I'll be less disheveled and I'll be more prepared to hit the ground running, right? And when I return to my home, my wife and my daughter don't have to feel like they were a means to, the, to an end or an obstacle that was in the way of my success and of my job. A lot of us say that we put God first and that we put family first, but it's a lot of these micro decisions about money, about our physical body, what we eat, drink, how we exercise, and about our time that really show what we love and what we treasure. And when it's pinned one against the other, take care of my daughter's hair, or am I going to make it to work on time? That can actually be a difficult choice in that moment when you really only have 10 minutes left. And in those moments, I think a good thing that is happening when we feel the friction, when you feel the rub happening, wherever that is for you, is it shows that we underestimate the value of time and that every moment as a Christian is a spirit-filled, life-transforming, idea-shaping moment where we're communicating to those around us that we love them, that they matter, and that we will actually pay the cost just as Jesus paid the cost on the cross to redeem this very life, this very time that we have. Jesus died, was buried, and arose, not so that we could do whatever we want with our time, but truly so that we could do whatever we want with our time. Because he changes our affections. Our desires are his. We no longer live, but Christ lives in us. And the life we live according to faith in the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. And our will is conformed to his. Our time is useful because God is present, spending time with us. Amen. 
Thanks for tuning in to the Church on Boulevard Sermons podcast. You can find out more about Church on Boulevard by going to www.churchonblvd.com.